0: Welcome to the We Talk Careers podcast, brought to you by Women in ETFs. This is Christine Delano, and I'm thrilled you've joined me. Every week, we'll meet an amazing executive who'll share a story about her career and give us some great insight into her success. So if you are pursuing excellence in your own career or intrigued by the hustle required for a career on Wall Street, this podcast is for you. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe. You can learn more about Women in ETFs and the exchange-traded fund industry at womeninetfs.com. We have a freebie for this episode, our gift to you. You can grab it at christinedelano.com. Find out more about our show, see some behind-the-microphone photos, and get a preview of our upcoming guests on Instagram and LinkedIn. All these links are in the show notes. So... Put aside that massive to-do list, and let's get inspired. In this episode, we are talking to Jill Mavro about career transitions. For any of you looking to not only survive your career, but thrive, this should be a topic of great significance. And Jill, she's going to help us deconstruct a healthy transition and learn how to execute it. Jill worked at State Street for over 20 years. She worked across different business units and even relocated to London while at the firm. Now, in addition to being a more hands-on mom to her two small children, she is working as an advisor at CapW Global, a boutique investment bank that provides growth advice, capital, and deal-structuring guidance to a variety of small and middle-market private companies. It was founded by women and serves women and entrepreneurs of color. Bravo, Jill! She also founded Spoondrift Advisory and is an independent trustee on the BNY Mellon ETF Trust. So Jill and I have been friends for years. I admire her dedication to her community, to the hospital board she sits on, and to the work we have done in women in ETFs. So it is with great pleasure... I welcome Jill Mavro to the show today to talk about career transitions. Welcome, Jill.
1: Thank you so much, Christine. It's so good to be doing this with you and thank you for doing this for women in ETFs. This is a fabulous opportunity for our members and our sponsors.
0: Hi, I agree. It's a real joy. It's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. So, Let's dig in. Career transitions. Take us back a few years to what precipitated your major career transition. Was it challenging, exciting, scary,
1: (laughs) all of the above? So I think we can both agree that it was all of those things and more. Um, There are definitely certainly some days where you think, did I make the right decision? But overall, I think having the, the experience and having the opportunity of making a major lifestyle change is exhilarating. And I feel very lucky, honestly, sitting here today being on this podcast to talk about this. Good, um, yes. Yeah, I, you know, I, I worked for 23 years at State Street. And so I had career transitions along the way. I lived in London for a couple of years for the company. I had um, been given, you know, different responsibilities and moved around a little bit. And so You know, those were little minor career transitions, which, you know, are difficult and challenging and and opportunistic. But, you know, the biggest one was, of course, three and a half years ago when I just decided to make a complete lifestyle change and do some other things with, you know, my toolkit that I now had and, and the network that I now had.
0: Excellent. So what precipitated that change? Had it been building for a while? How did you know that this was the right thing to do?
1: It's so funny because I have been watching the show the morning show have you oh, seen that yes. <laughs> so, oh my
0: goodness what a great show
1: yes it's fascinating actually we had our family had covid a couple of weeks ago so we were in isolation so i binged i binged that show and it's you know for for those of us who have seen it you know it's all about individual decisions and the ramifications mm. of those decisions and then you know that you, you know, a couple weeks before that, I think you had invited me on to this, um, to this podcast. And I thought about, you know, decisions that you make in life and, and the ramifications of those. So it was all kind of swirling around. And, and for those who haven't seen the show, it sort of goes behind the scenes at, you know, the morning show, these TV morning shows. And and it's fascinating. But anyway, so I had all that.
0: and difficult to watch sometimes, isn't it? It is. You're just <laughs> like, oh, heart-wrenching the types of decisions, the types of ways people speak to each other. Yeah, it's it, there's some tough spots.
1: There are some tough spots. And it's interesting because I thought financial services was a pressure cooker. Right. And it seems like morning <laughs> TV is, is a lot more. But, you know, I, I kind of grew up always wanting to work in an office, you know, along with playing with my dolls and and helping my parents cook, I would sort of walk around the house and collect paper clips, elastic bands. (laughs) And I'd beg my dad to bring home notebooks from work, especially the ones where you could write through and it wrote through to the second page. Oh, fun. Yes. (laughs) So I always had like my little office set up and, um, And I always wanted to work in office anyway. You know, I I graduate college, don't know what to do. And I got this great entry-level job at State Street. And, you know, 20 years later, um, you know, after working through many different groups and areas... And how you know getting married and having one and probably three quarters children at that point I <laughs> I sort of you know just kind of hit me I was like this is great I have kind of everything I wanted I feel very lucky but then um, I started meeting these women through women in ETFs actually and then through going down to the New York Stock Exchange and and things that we had been exposed to working in our jobs and I met these women who, you know they talked about taking breaks and taking you know pauses in their career and then coming back and and they were super successful and they one woman you know launched a one of the most successful pension fund consulting firms in the US when she was 50 and i just thought wow that's really cool i you know i i'd never thought about that and then taking all these different interactions into account and being as busy as we are in the jobs that we had and, and traveling and being away from, from my family and my friends, it just all sort of came to me one day. I was actually running. I'm not as good a runner as Jillian, but I do, I do get out there and try to run every once in a while. Who is as good a runner as Jillian? I know, seriously. So uh, I was, I think, doing my little three-mile loop, and it was April, and it was kind of a soggy day. I think it had just rained, so there was a lot of mud, and I tripped on something and I fell headfirst into this oh. like mud pile, <laughs> and oh. I, I was covered, and I just sat there and I cried. It was <laughs> just like, one of those moments in life that um, I just thought to myself, okay why am I crying right now? What is going on? You know, it just, it was like this culmination of just all these pressures that all of a sudden I was acknowledging that I hadn't acknowledged before.
0: Much deeper than the fall, right? Yeah.
1: Oh, of course. And, you know, and then I was embarrassed, but so I I got up and sort of shuck myself off and, and continued running home. And I, you know, thought about that for the next, you know, few months and, just thought about, you know, my values and defining my values and what really matters more to me at this point in time. I think your values may change, you know, at different points in your life. And, you know, I really started thinking about my family and volunteering and service work and how I wanted to live my life. And just, I wasn't getting that through my career anymore. You know, there was Mm -hmm. a time when I, when I had been very fulfilled and, um, and then I just sort of thought, you know, I, I think it's time for me to take a look and, and think about doing something different. And so for the next couple of years, I sort of thought about it. I planned. I planned a lot. I thought a lot about what I would miss about the corporate life, you know, and then financially, how would this all work out financially? And so, you know, you get to this point, and I think you probably would agree, Christine, where you get to a point where it's all you can think about.
0: Right. You know, right.
1: I mean, it just became clear to me that sort of building this flexible career and one that would allow me to explore different paths was really sort of like the only way forward I could go. And so, so I did it and it was um, exhilarating, you know, the first day in the in the first, the first week and you're sleeping in and, you know, you're kind of waking up, you're thinking, oh, the world is my oyster. I can do anything I want. And then... You're kind of like, okay. And you have to go back to the plan that you made for the previous oh, right. two years. Right. And you have to go back to your mantra. I think having a mantra through any sort of life change is really important. You know, why did you do it? And remind yourself why you did it. And also remind yourself that, you know, it's your life. You know, if it doesn't feel right, you have the power to change it.
0: Right. And you had invested. 23 years at State Street. So you're not coming off of six months having tried this career and and transitioning, right? You had this amazing amount of knowledge and wisdom and leadership opportunities and network and and all of those pieces that went into that plan over the few years, right, before you pulled the trigger. Like this was was some substantial investment that you had made.
1: It was. And I felt that the 23 years at State Street, I had been building the pieces or the tools in my toolkit that I would need to make a move like this. So even you know now three and a half years out, I am still leveraging you know my relationships, you know these global networks that mm. we have, we have that you and I have and others. I'm still leveraging my skill set and my knowledge of you know the industry that we were in. But it's the ability to pick and choose, and the ability to turn the volume up or turn the volume down based on what else is going on in life. So for me, over the past two years, I was able to turn the volume down on my work life because of COVID, and uh, and my husband getting a new job, and I have two young children. You know, my kids are eight and four, so I got to participate in the whole homeschooling pod school situation mm-hmm. and i get to volunteer at the schools and so all of this i feel very fortunate that i'm able to to like i said you know turn up the volume or turn it down when needed and just not traveling was really important to me and and i do love getting to know my community because i moved to a town that i didn't know a lot of people so over the past three and a half years it's allowed me to meet new people and you know also build my network that way as well
0: Right. And and your transition was out of a incredibly demanding leadership position at State Street into becoming an independent trustee for a fund and working as an advisor as CapW Global, as well as, you know, you founded Spoondrift Advisory as well. So tell me a little bit about how you balance all of those, you know, it's certainly a lighter workload in terms of the volume of your expectation from like a well. We say nine to five, but it's really like six to 12. Um, so, you know, how is it that you know where to invest in the, the many areas that you have leadership positions in now?
1: Well, it's all about where you think you can add the most value mm. and and where you think you can have an impact. And also, you know, for me, it's about what I'm passionate about. And so with the board work, you know i feel like i have value i can make an impact i can help i can help them and and i have done so and and so that's very fulfilling
0: very yes it and, is and
1: um, which you'll soon know yes. <laughs> congratulations by the way <laughs> thank you and you know with the capw work i get to work with entrepreneurs of color and female founders oh fantastic and you know there is a lot of research that shows that between 5 and 7% of venture capital goes to female founded companies or companies with entrepreneurs of color. Mm. And so for me to help get these founders and these entrepreneurs to the next stage of their of their company and their growth cycle, that is so fulfilling and, you know, fills my sort of passion bucket of, you know, helping People who need help and using, you know, leveraging my network to do that. So that's been really exciting. And the Absolutely. two women that founded that firm are amazingly talented. They've been in the investment banking world for years. So I'm learning a lot from them as well. So my curiosity cup, if you will, is being filled on that front as well. Cause it's, there is a learning curve.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. And so in terms of this lifelong learning, which we hear all the time, but is absolutely essential in our industry, I want to take kind of a bit of a step back to sort of the timing and your dedication to making a change. So as you have I've met, mentored a lot of younger executives, right, and managers, others, and sometimes there's this idea of grass is greener, and it can take over. They end up thinking about it every day. It interferes with their contentedness, their being fully present where they are. So, one piece of advice, and you can <laughs> we can argue on this if, if you'd like, because yeah, you know, I think it is. Um, It is maybe different from what other people say, but one piece of advice that I've consistently given is to think quarterly. Mm. And if you're not ready to leave, if you're not ready to start what you've said, which is, you know, it starts to take over, you start putting a plan and you start putting that research in as to what that transition is going to look like, if you're not ready to do that... Then you need to make an active decision to stay, to commit, to give of yourself into your current role, and let all the thoughts of leaving rest there for like three months. And that's what I always say it's quarterly. And I don't know that there's any special to that timing. I just think in our industry, there is this sort of quarterly rhythm that we get into. So, what I try to sort of extract from their thought process is that daily or even weekly focus on am I in the right role? Am I doing the right thing? Am I at the right company? I think things like that can really sort of take over a career and a life. So any thoughts on that?
1: Yes. And I love that you just brought this up because I do think it's really important to think about that because in some cases, what I have seen is um, younger professionals feeling like they're not getting what they deserve. I hear that a lot, a, a lot. And I always say, well, do you feel like you've earned it? Mm. And sometimes it's hard to have these conversations. But I do think having a trusted advisor and talking to that trusted advisor about what you might be thinking, especially if it's even better if you have someone that you work with, you know, a colleague or a friend in the business where you can just bounce these ideas, these thoughts off of, because sometimes it's just not as bad as you think. Right And sometimes, and I love this concept of thinking quarterly, because if you do put some guardrails around it, then you hold yourself accountable. And you also have, you can put it in your Apple Watch and every quarter, you know, it's a little bit of mindfulness and take a minute to reflect on the past quarter. And are you filling your, your mission statement? You know, are you, are the values that you have, are they being fulfilled? And I, the other way to look at it and something my husband told me, you know, the, the two years before I sort of made my move was, you know, he kept saying, Jill, it's not black or white. There's a lot of gray space. So mm. you could stop working for a couple of years and, and go back to corporate life. You know, these, these jobs, they'll be there. You've got great experience and, you know, a great reputation and think about just taking a pause don't think about it being the end of your working career, Right. you know, on some days you're like, how could I leave all of this? You know, it's, and that really helped me because it, it, it wasn't so finite.
0: Right. I love that advice. I have got a wonderful friend named Kim who just loves the word and, and she really helped me see that when I made my big transition and was like, I'm going to become a writer, like, I'm going to do this novelist thing, but it's going to be an and I'm going to stay in this amazing career trajectory that I've been, I'm just going to do it in a different way. And so I love that idea of the gray space or the and that the idea that sometimes it's chapters, and sometimes we're just, we are anding our life with different areas that, that we want to stay connected to.
1: I think that's right. And I also think we started with this, but during our careers, and and I think you'll attest to this too, There were many different career transitions. Maybe they weren't full scale lifestyle transitions, but or you know, maybe they were. I moved to London. It sounds like you worked, you know, bi coastal with with school age children. I mean, those are major lifestyle transitions. So I think even in, you know, even if you stay in the industry or stay with the company I think you can experience, you know, many forms of career transitions and it not be so risky. And so if you're thinking about doing something different, you know, maybe looking around the existing organization that you're in, maybe it's there and it's not such a scary thing.
0: Right, right, right. Oh, I I love that idea of really thinking about transitions as sometimes they can be micro transitions, sometimes they can be lateral, right? Sometimes they can be within our same ecosystem. And, and sometimes they can be a little bit more radical, like, like both of us have embarked on. So I, I, I love that sort of reminder of the different types of transitions. But in the end, sometimes they all require some of the same preparation right so do you have advice for our listeners who are thinking about making that transition if they've gotten from grass is greener to yes it's time to start making a transition what what advice do you have for them
1: i mean the biggest thing is just making sure you have a plan and making sure you really think about the things that you're going to miss mm. you know after the transition you know for me it was having a work family right you know i i I really miss those people that were super close to me. You know, when I was working with them and sitting around a table and working as a team to try and resolve problems, I do miss that. And so, thinking about how you would replace that, you know, in your new life, um, it will be helpful in the future going forward. I think you know, compensation is something else you have to think about, if especially if you're the breadwinner of the family you know, how can you enjoy life, you know, after transitioning with your career and the compensation might not be exactly what you were making before, but you're happier, right? You know, all of these things, you really need to be honest with yourself. You know, another thing I missed, I, you know, I was Jill Mavro, head of blah, blah, blah at State Street. And then now it's, I sit in the parking lot of my son's elementary school at two o'clock every day. (laughs) <laughs> you what know, the playground. And so you just, you know, there are just certain things that um, that you really have to be honest with yourself and really think about and plan for it. Just plan. And if you do, if you can, you know, talk to someone about it and be super honest, someone who really knows you well. You know, I remember having conversations with folks, you know, every once in a while while I was at State Street. And and it was always really helpful. And some of them did give me the advice of, you know, Jill. It's not that bad. You know, you've got all this stuff going on. You know, just put your head down and continue to work. You know, so I mean, I got a lot of tough love, but it served me well. And I appreciate those people who did that for me. But I I think planning, I think advisors, I think, you know, creating your mantra, because there will be days in your quote unquote new life where, you know, you might sit back and you might think, what did I just do? And, you know, going back to your mantra really helps quell those those fears and and helps you manage through that
0: right and i love that you mentioned the network because i think at women in etfs we're a huge proponent of mentoring but not just mentoring also looking for sponsoring right so the idea that you can co-sponsor people in their careers right that that we become that safe place and that rich place to review where we are in our careers. What, what are we struggling with? You know, I've had a number of people over the course of my careers that I've considered sponsors of my careers that, that I hope that I can serve in that same way to them. And you've been one of those for me. I mean, it's your introduction that led me to to becoming an independent trustee for a really exciting um, ETF company. And so I just think that those really valuable people in your life, that the care and nurturing that goes into those relationships are, are pretty important at any time, but certainly during transitions.
1: It's I'm so glad you brought this up because Women in ETFs has been, bar none, the best network that I have ever been a part of. And, you know, I think about my career, I think about my exit from State Street. And if it weren't for women in ETFs and uh, someone in particular, you know, my exit would have been a lot different. Mm. And so the impact of these relationships that you can grow and, and nurture and, you know, have a trusted relationship with, I mean, it's just... It's unbelievably fulfilling in so many ways, and I think that is really important. You know, to cherish your network, invest in it, keep up your relationships, and always look to grow your network. Women in ETFs is a great platform for that. I think now, you know, in our new lives, I don't. I can't speak for you, Christine. I would love to know what you what you say about this, but I am meeting people from all different industries. And really, you know, love to learn about what they, you know, what they do for work or how they think about investing even, you know, especially with the investment banking work I do or, you know, how they got to be an entrepreneur. How did they think about, you know, how did you think about writing a novel? Oh, my gosh, that is so (laughs) impressive. (laughs) And not only one, but more than one. But wouldn't you agree?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think so many of the skills that we found in our careers, you know, being learners, right? Being curious, um, understanding what a network is. Like the fact that I have so many amazing authors in my life right now, you know, people that are willing to spend of their time and their talent in helping me become better, who are already successful in their own right is, you know, is thrilling. And I think the confidence of having a career, And the knowledge of how important it is to not do it alone has just made all the difference in sort of the next chapter of of my life. So I agree completely. And I think it's fun to to have some moments now that I didn't have before with people in other industries to talk about, you know, had one today. What is an ETF? Mm. (laughs) Right. So, you know, and it's those types of questions that, you know, we don't really get to answer so much when we're in the heat of it. Everyone around us knows exactly what an ETF is and why they're so, you know, great for both novice and advanced investors. So, you know, I I just get excited about some of that margin in life now. Um, So for those younger folks that are listening to us and, and thinking, oh, wait, you know, but, but I, you know, I want more flexibility in my career. I think there's a lot of ways to get it, but I think about what Jill invested, what I invested in our careers. And, and it was a lot to, to get to where, to where we've come. So what advice pulling wide, Jill, what advice do you have for this next generation of leaders? I mean, in
1: all seriousness, <laughs> it's um just work hard and <laughs> work at a, you know, having a really stellar reputation. And again, you know, always be looking to learn and grow your network. Advice I would have given to myself would be, don't take yourself so seriously, Jill. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and I said earlier, you know, sometimes the place you're at isn't isn't necessarily, you know, bad and, and something that you need to move away from. I think similarly, if you're constantly banging your head against the wall, you know, if it doesn't feel right, if if it doesn't really match up with your values in your own internal North Star or whatever you call it, you know, think about making a change sooner rather than later. You know, don't mm-hmm. wait for something else to happen because there are some great opportunities out there, especially now, you know, post-pandemic. A friend of mine who works in advertising, her company is switching to all remote so they are getting rid of their offices in Boston and she's considering renting a villa in Italy next summer for three months to take her family and she's gonna work from Italy for three months. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, there's poor just poor
0: lady. <laughs> but
1: that's an extreme, I know. But that's an extreme case. But what I'm saying and and what I'm trying to what I'm trying to illustrate is that the world is different, the world is changing. You know, I think this work life balance that I'm sure, you know, you and Jillian had a fab, I can't wait to listen to it. But the whole concept of work life balance is changing for men and for women, for people with children and for people without children. And so it's just such a great time to think about changes that you could make on the margin to make your life better or more, or feel more fulfilled. And talking to your employers about those changes that you need to make, you know, and and just going for it. And again, if you have a great reputation, you've worked hard, a lot of these places, a lot of these employers will, I think, um, be more apt to make changes and and listen to how things could be done a little bit differently.
0: Oh, I agree, I agree. And and now couldn't be a better time. And coming to them with some solutions and, and seeing yourself as a solution to, the company is, I I think is just, is so ripe right now. And so I just have to say, this has been so much fun talking to you, but I have to mention (laughs) one other thing about what advice I know you would give because I see it from you all the time. It is so impressive, but it is just your way of showing gratitude wherever you are. You are so thankful personally to people. You see the work that people do. You see the effort that people put in. I admire that gratitude that goes with you. Um, and so I just, I want to thank you for your gratitude. <laughs> oh, well, thank you.
1: I um, recognize and appreciate when people step out of the lines to help others. And I don't think enough people recognize that in others. And you think about making the world a better place and right. and more patient, and I think um, showing gratitude has a has a lot to do with that. And listen, you know, this is your volunteer time, Christine, that you've put together all of these podcasts, and you're taking all the time. It's just, you know, it's um, it taking volunteer time to make other people better. I think is, is yes. Just the, uh, the, the best thing you can possibly do. One other piece of advice if, if people are thinking about making transitions, and it could be small transitions or large transitions, whatever it is. But I think, you know, and I always tell people this just make sure you're running to something versus mm. running away. Because you will not be happy if you're making a transition and it's because you're trying to run from something or someone.
0: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more, and I think we could probably have a whole nother podcast on exactly that topic and have <laughs> and have written it down. Exactly. Um, so you have been, you know, so encouraging in in certainly my transition and my writing, and you know, I'm a storyteller. So I think books can teach; they can pull us out of our comfort zones, or maybe they can just help us escape. What book have you read recently that you would like to recommend to our listening audience? <laughs>
1: This is a little outside the box, but um, I recently read uh, Matthew McConaughey's book called Green Lights, hmm. and <laughs> I know I told you it was going to be out of – someone <laughs> recommended it to me, and I thought, really? Okay, I'll give this a whirl, and it, you know, I think life is just so heavy right now coming out of this pandemic and, you know, everything everybody's gone through and, you know, you go to get your car serviced and it takes three times as long as you thought. Just everything is just murky right now, you know, and and no one knows who to believe and what channel to watch and there's so much on social. And so it was so nice to read something that was just funny and uplifting. And he is the most optimistic person in the world. Mm. And I know he's coming from a place of you know, massive success. But in the early days, he was not successful. He came from kind of a um, troubled family. You know, he was sent off to Australia to be a foreign exchange student, and he wasn't let out of the house. I mean, he just has some really unique experiences, and um, he has this whole thing about bumper stickers and how bumper stickers are their heart to people's soul, because if they're putting it on the back of their car for everyone to read, they must really care about whatever it is that's on that bumper sticker. So now I have a new appreciation for bumper stickers, but uh, I just thought his optimism was really inspiring, you know. At a time like like this, when you just sometimes you just want to laugh and you want to smile. And the other thing I did, Christine, and I don't know if this would appeal to our listeners, but I did get a subscription to MasterClass, mm. and so I've been watching those when I need just a little getaway. And I just watched um, Metallica, you know, making the band, and it talks about how they, you know, all came together and their different. It's really a story about. Teaming and leadership because it's you know how they all came together and how they all have different backgrounds and they make this wonderful music together and and they've you know stood the test of time and um, and then of course oh, you know I love to cook so Thomas Keller is on there and Gordon Ramsay right. so.
0: Oh, that's great. Yes. What, what, what good advice. What good advice. So this has been so much fun. The time has just actually flown by. I just <laughs> glanced at it. Uh, thank you, Jill. Thank, thank you, you so Christine. much. Yes. And thank you, our listeners, for spending your time with us. I hope this is not just informational but some of the things that Jill and I talked about can be transformational in your career if you let it, and I am rooting for you. Once again, I'd like to remind you to go to womeninetfs.com to find out more about diversity, about the opportunities, and some of the events in the exchange-traded fund industry. Please also check out this episode's freebie, where we'll be listing many of the great things that Jill talked about, as well as links to green lights and masterclasses that she recommends. And you can get that at with a K, christinedelano.com. Thank you for listening.